If you have not had a chance to meet Ernest and uh, hang out with him, you need to. Yeah, what, what a blessing uh, that kid is right there and a blessing to our community. So uh, pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I'm sporting this t-shirt today because uh, my son designed this, Caleb, and today is his 18th birthday. So yeah, Susie and I are officially old. So <clears throat> no, but we, and, I, and I just want to tell you, you, all of you parents, when, you, when you've had your child, you know, you cel- we do, we celebrate that day and we, could, we just love the chance to celebrate Caleb's birthday. And so I just want to honor him with the shirt today because it's his birthday. But you guys know we just celebrated another birthday, right? Because that's literally what Jesus says happens. He says, you are, he uses that term, you are born again. There is a spiritual birth that happens. And do you guys know what happens in heaven when somebody has a spiritual birthday? Man, they throw a party. It says there is more rejoicing in heaven over one person who turns, who repents and turns to God more than all the 99 who don't need to. So just as I, and as I was thinking about that and we're celebrating our birthday, it's just so great to know that heaven just got done celebrating a huge party because Ernest came home. So super, super cool. And when that happens, what happens? It says that anyone who receives Christ, you become a new creation. And our salvation, yes, half of it, is the forgiveness of our sins. But the other half of it is that he actually gives us a new heart. I'm I'm reading Jeremiah from my own time right now. And in Jeremiah 24, he's actually telling the Israelites, he goes, if you guys would, he goes, you are going to return to me, right? He's saying, I'm gonna send you into exile. He goes, but I'm gonna bring you home. And then he says this great phrase. He says, and I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord. I will give them a heart to know. And I sat there when I read that and I'm like, man, God, why am I up early doing this? Why am I seeking you? Why are we gathered here? You know why? Because God actually gave us a heart for him. Isn't that cool? It's an absolute gracious gift that he gives us. He changes us and makes us a new creation. So just hear me again, hear me. You don't change yourself. You don't make yourself good. You finally realize you go, I need him. And when you go to him and say, I just need you, then he comes and he says, I'll give you a heart to know me. Man, and that's, that's the part of the salvation that I'm so excited about. And you know why God gives us a heart to follow him? Because if we follow him and walk with him, we will experience the life we were created to have. And he wants every one of you to know that. He wants every person out there to know the life that he created them to have, all right? So we're calling this series, we're in this series called The Good Life. And we're looking at what this life is. And we decided to do it by going through a letter that was written by the apostle John. And it's called 1 John. He has three of them, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And in this book, there are three things that John says, this is the good life to experience it. Three themes are, you gotta have true belief in Jesus, okay? You gotta be thinking rightly about who he is. Secondly, it takes true obedience. If there is a way, if Jesus has, and he said that, I am the way, he goes, if there's a way, then it's actually in following him is the only way you experience that way. So he's just saying the good life happens when you have true obedience. And then the last thing he says is it's true love. 
If you want to really experience the good life, it's true love. And then he said, I'm writing this letter to you so that you might know that you have eternal life. In other words, I'm writing this letter to you so that you will know that you are experiencing the good life, the life that comes from God. All right? So today, we're actually going to be talking, the message today is the good life is loving. He's going to hit this a few times as we go through this, but this is the first time he just lays it out. If you want to to experience the good life, it's a life of love. But I think we're going to see a few unique things about what this love is that's in the good life. All right? So before we start, a couple weeks ago, we had some poll questions. So we're going to do that again. So please, everybody right now, grab your phone, pull out your phone. And, uh, and again, uh, if this is new to you, if you haven't been to a restaurant lately, you have to usually use this to get your menu, right? So you're going to click. I think we're going to have a, a code up here in a second. First poll question that we have is deeply spiritual, very vulnerable, Okay, but nobody's going to see your answer, so it's okay if if you if you uh, answer that. All right, everybody got the, got your phone, got the poll question. Get ready. All right, you got like thirty seconds to answer this really tough question. Here it is. How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? This is a very important question. Do you love it? It's the best. Do you hate it? How dare? You put pineapple on pizza, or hey, whatever, it's pizza. So make sure you click on your answer there. Here in 30 seconds, we're going to find out how how K2 the church actually feels about pineapple on pizza. There we go. All right. Who cares? It's pizza. (laughs) That's the winner. Amen. I love that answer. I got to say, though, I'm actually kind of surprised. Like, the lovers of pineapple are almost twice as much as people who hate it. Interesting, because I'm a hater. Get the pineapple off my pizza. (laughs) Man. All right. So that's the first poll question. Here's here's the second poll question. And uh, this one now, here's the deal. <clears throat> Nobody will see your answer. Okay, so all you goody two-shoes in here, let's be as honest as possible. Is there anybody right now in your life, if you're totally honest, that you say, I hate somebody. I actually have hatred towards another person right now. Okay, so answer that question. That's what I said. All right, that was quick. Okay, so I guess we're done, because that was, but that was really fast. I probably should have shut up. Okay, so we got about 70% say you don't have anybody that you hate, and 30% have you do some, have someone you hate. All right? Okay, so today, we're going to be looking in the scriptures, and we're going to see, is loving, and, and uh, this is, all of you are going to be like, of course, I know you're supposed to love people, okay? But the scripture, as we open it up, just remember this. It says that it's alive and it's active, right? So when God, like right now, we have a chance either just to go to church and go home, or we have a chance to literally hear from God and let his, I'm just gonna read the passage here in a second, and you can hear from him 
And then it says, it can go right into your heart like a double-edged sword and it can divide and it can help you to say, okay, here were my thoughts and tonight about love. And here are God's thoughts about love. And I know for me, some of this stuff was quite eye-opening. It should be, right, if it comes from God. So I wanna pray for us. Can I just pray for us? And would you just open up your heart and be willing as I walk through this, this passage, just to say, God, I would love, I want to live the good life. Show me what it is to actually be loving. All right, let's pray. Father, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for the celebration of new life. Jesus, thanks for loving us. Thanks for desiring to set us free. Thanks that you came so that we could have life and life to the full. You came to give us this good life and you've revealed what it is. Lord, we know that there's not a person on the planet who doesn't want to live the good life and everybody's trying to figure out what it is. And God, as we look to you today, the one who's created the world, the one who knows all things, who knows what the good life is. I just want to ask, Jesus, would you come and just surprise us? Would you speak to our hearts in real ways that move us, that transform us, that help us to live the good life? For your glory, for the sake of everybody around us, and for our own freedom. I pray for that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are literally going right through the book of First John. So this is our third message, and we're in chapter two, and we're starting with verse three, okay? So if you wanna pull that up on your phone and you can read it, or obviously we'll have it up here on the screen. And I'm just gonna read the whole passage and then we'll unpack it. John says, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But whoever keeps his word, in them truly the love of God is made complete. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says they live in him ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you. The truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says they are in the light and hates their brother or sister is still in darkness. Whoever loves their brother or sister lives in the light, and in them there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates their brother or sister is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded their eyes. All right, so here we go. Let's dive in. Here's the first thing I just want to remind you of, and that is this. Jesus Christ is the good life, okay? Now, we talked about this two weeks ago. So if you, if you wanna go back and you can watch any of our messages, listen to them, what is the good life? And the Bible just says, it's Jesus, <laughs> which is interesting. And it said, Jesus is that which was from the beginning. So he was before all of time. He's not just a good guy. He's the creator of everything. And then he said, he's the word of life. And again, we, we explained that in that culture, word meant 
the meaning and the reason and the purpose of it all. That was the word. And John says, Jesus is the word, the meaning, the reason, and the purpose of life. And then he says this unbelievable thing. He said, Jesus Christ is the eternal life. He's it. He's the creator of it. He's the one who possesses it. And he's the one who gives it. And so this is really important because that means that eternal life isn't something that we can just, obviously we know none of us have it. We're all gonna die. So we don't have eternal life within ourselves. We have to receive it. But what you receive is a person. It's actually a person. It's God incarnate. Jesus is the way that you get the eternal life because he is it. And when you know him, and that's the second point. And the second thing, what we learned is that therefore knowing Jesus is the good life. If he's the one who possesses everything that's right, everything that's good, all the love, all the joy, all the peace, all the goodness, all the wisdom, and he possesses it, then when we get to know him, he said, this is eternal life in John 17, three, that you know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. And so in this passage, we just looked at, he says, by this, we have come to know that we know him. And again, this isn't knowing about him, okay? So, so coming today, and just learning information about Jesus or learning information about God, that's not eternal life, okay? Now it's good to learn things about God, but that's not what eternal life is. It's a person that you get to know. And so then it says, it says this, we, and actually we shared this two weeks ago, that he says, he says, we actually fellowship with God. And that word fellowship means you share life. That's what it means to know. Okay, anybody that you know intimately, it's because you're sharing your life with them. You've let them in to your life and you're in their life. And Jesus says, this is the good life is when you let me into your life. You share your life with me and you come into my life because I wanna share my life with you. And so this is it. Jesus is the good life and knowing Jesus is the good life. In this passage we just read, it says, by this we know we are in him. Whoever says they live in him. And that's that intimate relationship. Whoever says they live in the light. If you guys were here last week, Mike Rutledge did an amazing job unpacking the passage right before this, where it says, God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. So now he says, so if you say you live in the light, what you're saying is, you're living in fellowship with God. And if you have that, you guys, if you're experiencing him, you know him, that is the good life. It's Jesus and he's in my life and I'm in his life. So the third thing, if that's true, then keeping his commands is the good life. If he's the good life and he says, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life, then it's us keeping in step with him, following him that actually helps us to experience the good life. So in this passage, 1 John 2, 3, and 4, it said this, by this, we know that we have come to know him if we could keep his commands. And then whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commands is a liar and the truth isn't in that person. 
So strong statement, but he says this a few times in here. He goes, he's really trying to help everybody understand. It's like, I want you to know if you have eternal life. I want you to know if you're actually experiencing the good life. He says, so if you're saying I know him, then what you're saying is, then he's in my life as God and I'm in his life. I follow him. I walk with him. And he says, so if you don't follow him and you don't walk with him, but you say you know him, you're fooling yourself. Of course, he says it stronger. You're actually lying. And I think the main lie is to yourself, okay? And then in verse six, he says this, whoever says they live in him ought to walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. Jesus put it this way. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. We're in relationship with each other and they follow me. They follow me. So if that's it, keeping his commands is the good life, following his way. I was thinking of, uh, trying to think of a story and I just thought, man, there's so many times where you can just choose to go. You have two, two different directions and you can choose whatever way you want to go. Back about five years ago, Susie and I took our kids to Europe and uh, amazing, amazing experience. And we went to Switzerland. Okay, anybody been to Switzerland? Okay, Interlaken. Okay, I got to tell you, I've been here 20 years and I still am in awe of these mountains. They're so beautiful. I love them. But man, when we got to Interlaken and when you go to this downtown and you get in the center of the town and you look up and I was just like, okay, God's just showing off. Like that is, it is unbelievably beautiful. So we spent the whole day, you know, wandering around the thing. My, my, all, all the girls decided to go hang gliding. So they went hang gliding. Caleb did a ropes course in the middle of the mountains. And we, were, we went up into the mountains and we ate. We just, we did the whole thing. We were just soaking it in. And then finally, we stayed longer than we were supposed to. And we had this Airbnb that we had, we had signed up for. So I punched in the coordinates, right, into the GPS and started on our way. And we were supposed to get there, I think, at about like 10 or 11 o'clock that night. That's when they wanted you to get there. Well, you guys, we started driving and we started driving and we kept going up and up and up and the road got narrower and narrower and narrower. And next thing you know, I mean, we are on the edge of a mountain driving in the middle of the night on a one-way road. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, I mean, I'm just, I'm white knuckling this thing. Susie's next to me and we're kind of freaking out. My daughter, Ashlyn, finally wakes up and she looks up and she goes, what are we doing? And I go, I don't know, just shut up. And, and I mean, it was the most intense, long, arduous, I think we pulled in at like two or three in the morning. And it was like horrible. So the guy comes out, he came to greet us and I go, I'm so sorry, man. He goes, and then he goes, no, I'm so sorry. He goes, there's actually a really easy way that it would have taken you about a half hour. <laughs> he goes, I don't know why GPS does this, but when you put it in the coordinates, it gives you this other, this road that just wound all the way up this mountain. It took us like four or five hours to get there. We could have been there in like a half hour with no stress whatsoever. See, Jesus is going, I know the way. I know the way. Take my yoke on you if you're worried, weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. You need my wisdom. You need my peace. He's always saying, even in this letter, I want your joy to be complete. I don't want you white knuckling it through life. 
I don't want you going through stuff that you don't have to go through. I don't want your relationships to fall apart. I don't want you to be stressed out. I don't want you to be worrying about everything. I don't want you to get addicted and stuff. So follow me. If you follow me, if you follow my commandments, you'll share my life. I'll be with you and you'll be with me. And you will experience why you're on this planet. So the good life is keeping his commandments. And then what is Jesus' command? What's his command? Love one another. So let's hit it. Loving one another is the good life. Now, you're all sitting here going, I came to church to hear I'm supposed to love people. Okay. I hope he'll rock your world a little bit here like he is mine. Okay. Let's look at this love that he's actually calling us to give. That actually is the good life. Here's the first thing. It's a new way to love. It's a new way to love. You first read this, right? Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it's a new commandment. And you want to go, John, you struggling a little bit? Struggling to understand some reality here? Which one is it? Is it an old commandment? Is it a new commandment? He's saying, it's both. I'm writing this to you. The truth is seen in him, in Jesus. And it's seen in you. There's a new way to love. And when you love like this, the darkness passes away and the true light is already beginning to shine. Okay, what's the old commandment? Well, the one that we've had from the beginning is what? Love your neighbor as, love your neighbor as yourself. So yes, from the beginning, have anybody who's ever tried to follow God know they're supposed to love people? Yes, he made that really, really clear. Jesus made it clear too, right? Well, what's, what commandment should I follow? The commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, supposed to love somebody the way I love myself. And now John's going, okay, that's the old commandment. It's good, love. He goes, at the same time, it's new. What's the new commandment? What did Jesus command his disciples to do? Love one another, how? As I have loved you. I want to tell you, man, <laughs> loving one another. If I'm going to love you the way I love myself, man, that's a very interesting concept, actually, to think through because I care for myself, right? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm making sure I have what I need. I, I'm trying to be healthy. I, I, I protect myself. I do all those things. And so I should be thinking that way for you. Jesus says, we're taking this to a whole nother level. We're going to a higher way of love. I'm not asking you anymore to love one another as you love yourself. I am commanding you, okay? This is his, my, here's my command. I want you to love everybody in this room the way I love you. And how did Jesus love us? He laid down his life for us. It is an absolute sacrifice of my personal life for your benefit. That's a new way, guys. It is a new way of love. And if we're going to be the church, the body of Christ, and if we're going to actually experience the good life, the full life that God wants us to have in all of our relationships, in your marriage, in, with your roommates, 
with your kids, with parents, with your friends, with your coworkers. But he says right here in the midst, he goes, I'm trying to create a community of people who love each other the way I loved them. And you know what, you guys? The world, everyone, in, in fact, all of us in here, all of us are trying to figure out how can we experience the intimate, good relationship of love Everybody needs this. You read secular articles. It doesn't have to be religious, spiritual articles at all. And they will say that the only way to live a healthy, good life is with long-lasting, committed relationships that are loving. Okay? So this is the good life. And it's not a suggestion. It's not Jesus isn't going, hey, you know, if you guys want a better life, then maybe you should do this. He goes, no, here's my command. So when I receive Jesus into my life, I receive him as Lord. I receive him as the one. In fact, that's what I needed to realize. God, I wasn't following you. I was doing my own thing. I was figuring out my old way of life. So I was separated from you. But I think I realized that was wrong. I turned to you and now I want you in my life. Well, here's the deal. When Jesus comes into your life, he comes in as our Lord. And that means he gets to call the shots and we're his sheep, and we listen to him, and we follow him. And his command is to love each other like this. Ephesians 5 says this, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, he loves us so much, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So here's your challenge, and here's my challenge every day. Romans 5 describes this love of God. It says in verse 5, it says, it's poured, God has poured his love into our hearts. And then he says again, and I say this, you guys, this might be my favorite verse in all the Bible. I know I hit this a lot here, but it never gets old to me because it's always so challenging. He says, at just the right time, when you were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, he loved us. What does that mean? Powerless, I can't do anything. Ungodly, I'm not like God at all. Sinning, I'm doing stuff that's wrong and I'm falling short. And God goes, and that, and I love it, that's just the right time for me to love you. Because here's what you need to understand about my love. I don't love you because you do anything. I love you when you can't do anything. I love you when you do exactly the opposite of what I want you to do. That's when I love you. Perfect time for me to love you. And then he says, I pour that love into your heart. And now what's he saying? Now do that to each other. So how many of us in here can say, man, I love people who don't do anything. I love people who are ungodly, or as I would say, that means if God is God, we're ungodly, we're not like him. And so now we're supposed to be loving people who aren't like us at all. How many of us go, man, I love to hang out with people I have no interest with. I love to hang out with people who are not like me at all. No, we don't do that. We we naturally, because it's natural, to drift and hang out with everybody who's like us. And we naturally love people who do things for us. And then 
People who fall short, who, who, who can't meet the standard, who this is what I need you to do and you keep falling short of it. And Jesus is like, that's when I love you. I'm telling you guys, this is a new way to love. This is why Jesus said, love your enemies. This is my love. And you guys, if we're gonna be the church, the body of Christ, then we need to receive, we need to remember all the times when we've been powerless and could not do the good thing and couldn't do the right thing and he loved us. And we need to remember every time we were ungodly and every time we've fallen short and we need to remember that that's when Jesus said he loved me. And if we can do that, that's why we worship, to remember that. That's why we take communion, to remember that. That's why we gather together, to remember that. Why? So that we can love each other the same way he loved us. It's a new way to do it. All right? Here's the second thing he says. This is going to be interesting. There's no hatred in the light. No hatred. Verse 9 and 10 says, whoever says they're in the light and hates their brother and sister is still in darkness. Whoever loves their brother or sister lives in the light and in them, there's no cause for stumbling. No cause for stumbling. That would be the good life, right? Because he says, if you're actually loving people and walking in the light, he goes, there's no cause for stumbling. So number one, I won't stumble. That's a pretty good thing. Instead of falling on my face and hurting myself because I'm not doing things that are right. But here's the other thing. I also won't cause other people to stumble. There's no cause for stumbling. You guys, if we're loving each other, come on, man, you cannot rub shoulders with another human being and not hurt them. You can't get married and not get disappointed and hurt somebody and go through conflict. You just can't do it. That's what's gonna happen. And yet we can love each other and help each other not stumble. So I do wanna ask you, now, 30% of you said yes, and, you, and then somebody said no. Is there someone right now that you hate? Do you have hatred towards another person? Because what he's saying is, if you say you're in the light, in other words, I'm in fellowship with God, but you hate your brother or sister, you're still in the darkness. It's just not true. That's a tough statement. And here's the deal. You might right now, my guess is if you really have hatred towards someone, it's because they hurt you, because they've wronged you, because it was evil, because it was wicked. And so there's anger and there's hatred. But I want to tell you, it was so interesting. So we were talking about this as a staff and we were just going, do you guys have anybody that you hate right now? It was a fascinating discussion. And I remember sitting there thinking, I don't think I have anybody that I hate. And 70% of you in here go, I, I don't hate anybody. So then we started talking about it. And, 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 then we, and that's why we came up with the question about the pineapple on pizza. Very deep conversations in our spiritual staff meetings. What do you do if you hate pineapple on your pizza? Yeah, you take it off, get rid of it. Okay, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with it. Or you just avoid it, right? You got a few different choices. You're like, I don't want anything to do with that pineapple pizza. Okay, now... And so then we started saying, interesting. So you avoid it, you take it off and you put it aside. So when, can we say, I don't hate you, I just don't like you? 
See, it's way, it's, it's way easier to say, I just don't like you. And we feel like that's okay. And then the more we talked about it as a staff, it's like, interesting. Are there people you avoid? Even right here in the church? Are there people that you don't want to be in fellowship with and that we keep our distance from? Like pineapple. We had steak last night for Kayla's birthday. I cannot eat the grizzle in a steak. I literally, I've, had, I've been at dinner parties and I've had to try to wipe my mouth and spit it out and put it underneath. I just, I can't, I can't do it. And we're like that with people. And I think we need to be really, really honest. Can we walk in the light with God who loves every person and yet have a heart that says, I really don't want anything to do with you. There's things about you I don't like. And I think the scripture, our conviction, as we talked about it as a team was, wow, I didn't think I hated anybody but there are people I don't like. And if we're going to be the body of Christ, then we need to confess honestly to God. And for some of you, it can be a group of people. It can be a type of person that you never fellowship with. They're not on the same intellectual level as you, the same economic issue level as you. They they like different things than you do. And we all do it. And you guys, and Jesus said this so clear. Did Jesus say, hey, love people who are like you? No. In fact, you know what he said very clearly? He goes, the people who don't know me do that. In the scriptures is pagan. It just means people who don't know God love the people who are like them. It's pagan. It's earthly. It's unspiritual. I saved you, Jesus is saying, and I poured my love into your heart. And there's, my love is for every person in this room. And if you're gonna be the church, and if you're gonna have fellowship with me, and if you're really gonna experience the good life and not just be another group of people that's like every other group of people out in the world, this place needs to be different. And you need to love your brother and your sister. If you avoid them and you don't like them, that's darkness. All right, that's enough on that one. Let's hit the last one. Well, let me just ask you, we'll get to this end. So who's your pineapple? Who's your grizzle? Think about that. Here's the last thing that I love this. The love of God is made complete. First John 2, 5, he says, whoever keeps his word, In them truly, the love of God is made complete. Man, I don't know about you. I want to experience that. I want want to have the love of God so full in my heart that it's so different. So here's what this means, you guys. Number one, the love of God must be received. Okay, for it to be complete, he says, we'll get to this later. He goes, the only way we love is because we were first loved. So you have to be first loved by God. You need to know that when you're powerless, God goes, just the right time for me to love you. 
You know, when you struggle to be ungodly, that God goes, I'm here for you and I love you. You need to know that when you're struggling with sin and you're missing the mark, he goes, that's why I died for you because I knew you would do this and I love you. So that has to happen, right? But then secondly, it doesn't have to be, it can't just be received. It has to be returned. And then we love God. So he loves us. And for his love to be complete, then we love him. See, because there's no, there's no gnosko, that Greek word. There's no sharing of life without love that's mutually received and given, right? We've all been in relationships where I gave and I gave and I gave and they didn't get anything back. That is not sweet. <laughs> that's not fellowship. But man, when you have a relationship and you're fully giving and they're fully giving to you, that's love, that's life. And so with God, we receive his love and then we love him back. And then he says, and how do you love me? Jesus says, how do you love me? This is how I know you love me. You obey what I command. So you know what that means? We receive it, we respond, and then we reflect it. We give it to everybody else. The way I love God is I obey him. His command is to love one another. There's the trifecta right there. I get it, I give it back, and then I give it to everybody else. And if any one of those three things is missing, you don't have the complete love of God inside of you. So I, I just remember a couple of years ago, I was, I was uh, walking Sugar House Park every morning praying. And this is one of those times where I was just praying, God, I wanna know your love. In Ephesians 3, it says, Paul actually says, he goes, I pray that God would strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being so that you might know the love of Christ. And I'm like, God, would you strengthen me with power in my inner being? Because I wanna know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And you know what I heard the Spirit say? Then love somebody. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want your love, God, in my heart. And I want to feel close to you. And he goes, okay, then, then love. And I'm walking, I'm going, what? And then I read this passage and it finally made sense. The love of God is for everyone. If I'm going to experience the fullness of God's love, I can't just have it for myself and I can't just love him back in worship. I have to do this. And if I'm not doing this, I will never experience the fullness of God's love and the good life will escape me and it escape you too. So in that prayer, you know, it's so funny because I'm like, God, please strengthen me and give me, help me to know you. Here's what the prayer actually says. I pray that you being rooted and established in love, see, here's what I'm praying, may have power to grasp how wide and long and high is the deep love is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you can be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You can have the good life. I forgot this little phrase in here. He goes, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. You guys will never know the fullness of God or the good life unless we're loving each other. It's with all of God's holy people. That's what the church is supposed to be. I said it before, I'm gonna say, he did not die so we would come and attend this thing for an hour and then go home. He died to give us his heart of love for one another that would show the world this is radically different than anything you've ever tasted. And that's the good life. It's loving with the love of God. So band, band, 
the two of you, come on up. <laughs> Thank you, Will and Candace. This is going to be beautiful. So here's, here's, this, here's, here's what I want uh, before we, here's our application for today. Who do you hate? Okay, who do you avoid? Who, who, who are you taking off and, and setting aside? You guys, there's only one thing we can do with that if you're a follower of Jesus. During this song, and it's perfect what Candace and Will chose, we need to confess it to him and say, Jesus, I can't claim to know you intimately and have this attitude towards somebody else in this room. And so if you have that attitude today, then just take some time, confess to him, I agree with you, Jesus. This is not your love. And then he says, if you'll confess that to me, He goes, I'll forgive you and I'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Guys, he's in you. He's given you a heart, his heart. Let's believe the word of God today and walk in the light and confess it. All right? And then we walk out of here and we go, you know what? And who are we going to sacrificially love for? Who are we going to lay our life down for? If we do those things, you guys, we're going to experience a good life. And we're going to show it to the rest of the world. And they're going to see there is a place that loves differently than anywhere else I go. All right? So let's stand together and let's sing.